Hello, everybody, and welcome. Malcolm Teasdale here, the travel addict. Glad to be with you once again. Today, I've got a story coming up for you, which has a sort of a risque side to it. More about that in a little bit. But I'm hoping that you are all well and staying safe under the circumstances. And whether you're going out or not, that's entirely up to you, of course. I'm staying at home and it's driving me bonkers, so to speak. But I'm sucking it up and looking forward to next year, 2021. Hopefully, it'll be a new year as well as sort of a new beginning. Anyway, what I'm going to talk about today is, well, I went to this place twice, actually. And you'll probably be asking, why on earth would I want to do that? And you may have heard of this place. Well, the country is the Philippines. The name of the city is Angeles City, roughly translated to City of Angels. The first time I went there was back several years ago, and I wrote a chapter about this called The City of Angels, But Not for Those Who Believe in Them. And it's from the book, The Midlife Crisis Continues. I only spent a couple of days there, but I said at the time, well, there's no reason to come back here. Well, that's what I thought. Anyway, fairly recently, I decided to make the trip back there again. So for whatever reason, I know I had my logic. But it was because I had a layover in Manila. So I decided to take a taxi up to Angeles City, which is north of Manila, right? rather than stay in Manila itself. Now, Manila is one of the most congested cities on the planet. Traffic congestion is beyond belief there. So after I landed in Manila, I took a taxi for the two and a half hour drive up north. Even if I stayed in Manila or the hotel I would have stayed in, in the area of Makati, Manila, would have probably taken me an hour to get to anyway. So I had this strange logic that convinced me I needed to go back to Angeles City. All right, I did. And you may be asking the question, why? Or people who know this city will probably think I need counseling or something, because it's probably a strange thing to do. Anyway, previously, when I went there, I stayed at the Amsterdam Hotel. It's sort of reasonable on the main street, Fields Avenue, but it was pretty well basic, but nice. The staff were friendly also. However, this time I decided to stay at a famous hotel. Actually, it's famous actually all around uh, Asia. A hotel is called the ABC. Sounds pretty straightforward. Well, it means the Angeles Beach Club. Well, what's strange about that is, well, Angeles City is sort of in the middle of the country. There's no beach there. However, they tried to make the hotel beach-like. Probably don't understand that right now. I'm going to get into that later on. Anyway, that's where I stayed. For Filipino Hotel, it is fairly expensive. Now, if this hotel was in the likes of London or New York, it would probably be about five times the price minimum. Now, I only paid just over $100 a night to stay there. But I had to do it to see what the place was really like. Okay, so we drove up north, and uh, when the taxi driver got into the suburbs of Angeles City, sort of went through some neighborhoods to avoid the traffic, and then uh, pulled into the hotel. And there were security guards there, big burly Filipino guys, helped me inside with my luggage. And then I was able to check into the hotel room. Just taking a step back here, with the country of the Philippines anyway, there is a lot to see and do in that country. It's a great place to visit. It's enormous, but 
there's fabulous sights to see, wonderful islands, great beaches, scuba diving is wonderful. And one place I went to, Cebu Island, is the first time or the only time I've actually went been diving with whale sharks, which was a great experience. So back to Angeles City. Why I chose this place, well, remains to be seen. I'm going to tell you a little bit moving forward. The ladies at the reception desk were all very courteous and friendly, and the lobby area was pretty inviting with deep-seated couches and armchairs with coloured decor of many shades of red, purple, and orange. Almost sounds sleazy, actually, but it was subtly lit. It just seemed perfect. I started to sing that eagle song in my head. Hotel California, remember that? You can check out any time you want, but you can never leave. It just seemed appropriate. One of the security staff picked up my heavy suitcase and actually put it on his shoulder and up the two flights of stairs we went, then along the dimly lit corridors into my room. Now, by the window were two leather armchairs and a couch. The king-size bed was perfectly made with a sort of an orange-red headboard with accessories and lampshades. All the woodwork in the room was mahogany or orange wood. There were mirrors all over the walls and doors and with ambient lighting throughout. It was basically like a luxury apartment. The bathroom even had a hot tub. I started to quiz myself in a contradictory manner. Why did I only plan to stay two days? It's Angeles City. So why am I here anyway? What was the purpose of my visit? Is it part of my midlife crisis? I had to sort of pinch myself to get me out of that frame of mind. Anyway, I unpacked my suitcase, which because of my short stay hardly seemed necessary, but I did so so I could feel like I'd actually moved in, so to speak. The fridge was stuffed with alcohol, but I just made a cup of afternoon tea and lay in bed and enjoyed that moment before dropping off to sleep for an hour or two. Looking at a map of Angeles City and narrowing in on the area around the famous Fields Avenue, the very large number of restaurants, bars, clubs, and convenience stores makes you wonder that there is just too much stuff to do with not enough people to do it. Not far down the street from my hotel, there's a restaurant called Margarita Station, sort of a tired-looking building that's popular with expats and locals. The windows of the restaurant are made up of gauze, as is the material used to make screen porches. This makes it easy for people sitting by the window to chat to passers-by and vice versa. From my experience, it was a people on the street with something to say, or rather selling items like t-shirts, Viagra condoms, cigarettes, and occasionally drugs. This at least was my experience sitting on a high stool, eating some lunch, and engaging in some brief conversations, all which ended with the words, no thank you. The food was half decent, very cheap, and the people interaction was rather entertaining. Typically, when I check into a hotel anywhere, it's not normal that I would take a walk around inside because they tend to look pretty much the same after a while. At least for me, the excitement and distaste of staying in a hotel, for the most part, has gone away. has just resorted to plain acceptance. That did not apply in this particular case. As far as marketing efforts are concerned, their website pretty much sums it up. However, during my stay... I was only able to take advantage of a small part of what they had to offer, but it was still a lot of fun. Now, the concept of the property is based on partying and relaxing, and it just so happens to have excellent restaurants as well. To party and relax seem to go hand in hand, 
And although 30 years ago, when I was single and likely would have taken advantage of 90% out to offer, that didn't happen here. For people who know me, well, you may be thinking that I'm sounding like an old feeble person, but the truth is, when your age goes over half a century, your priorities change, and so does your ability to stay out late and act like a 20-year-old. Seeming like a contradiction of sorts, the millionaire's lounge and spa is exactly that, a cocktail bar with a spa. The decor is sort of fantasy-like, with plenty of reds and golds with dark-coloured wood. It's a communal area, for the most part, with a sauna, a hot tub, a massage room that offers many treatments, including ear candling, and there's a cocktail bar there. Where else can you drink your favourite alcohol beverage and have your feet massaged? When I mention communal, that means both men and women. Anyway, next door is a fully equipped gym with weights and aerobic machines all up to date, where your conscience can be laid to rest after indulging too much excessiveness by working out in a legitimate health club and afterwards sampling a protein shake or a vegetable juice from the bar. There's a beauty and barber shop that will fix your hair issues, including eyebrows, while you are at it, you might as well get a facial shave as well, for the men that is. There are private massage rooms, but I did not know what went on behind those closed doors. However, I did notice bars on the ceiling, leading me to believe that the masseuse will actually walk on your back. Now, I had this procedure done once a long time ago, which lasted all of two minutes before I had to ask the therapist to climb down. For me, it's not relaxing at all which is the main reason I would go for a massage or spa treatment in the first place. The Vari Asia restaurant is just an area of spectacular ambience where you can have a fine dining experience, a casual snack, or eat sushi at the swim-up bar. A restaurant where suits and ties, casual wear, t-shirts and shorts and swimming attire are all permissible and encouraged. I only ate in the Vintage Hall, which is best described as an upscale market square inside a hotel. There's even a tavern, a coffee shop, a bakery, a wine and deli counter. If you're looking for something more substantial, the Butch and Grill will serve you a steak. I did not eat anything too elaborate, except breakfast, which on reflection was borderline over the top as far as a presentation goes. There are not many places where you can call breakfast a gourmet meal. Maybe it was the purple ambient lighting around the floor, also on the walls and ceiling that made me think like that, but the food was really excellent and with such pleasant staff on hand to make sure everything was perfect, a great experience. Starbucks and Dennis, you better move over. The cafe and bakery serves better breakfast than you do. Coffee isn't bad either. For the people who want to stay in their suite and eat, room service is available 24 hours a day, but why on earth would you want to do that? Now, an overtop feature of the hotel is that it has a helipad. For people arriving at the local Clark Airport, instead of tolerating the 20-minute drive, they can be whisked to the hotel in a fraction of the time by a helicopter. What type of person would do that and why? Well, to answer that question of why, it is because you can. However, I cannot vouch for what type of people would pay the expense of a chopper just for the sake of doing so. Not for me, unless there was a crowd of thousands waiting in anticipation for my arrival. For a wonderful sleeping, dining and wellness experience, the hotel seems to have it all under control. 
helipad just elevates their story to a snooty level and may just be a good marketing job to entice the rich and famous, relatively speaking. However, the challenge for the property must have been to make the party seem better than anything else in the town because there is a lot of competition. So, you want to be the best, so anything less than 100% is not good enough. Angeli City itself is basically an entertainment complex. Most of all the venues follow the similar themes, which are either go-go bars, dance bars, beer bars, or nightclubs, which suggest there is no other formula that will work in town. The ABC Hotel changed that with the Aqua Beach Club located on the top floor. Although it is open during the daylight hours, things don't start to happen until late at night. I have no idea what goes on after midnight because I was asleep at that time. The pool itself is quite large and has a negative edge on one side in that the water just flows over the edge to somewhere below. This means that there is no wall to impede the view of the city's skyline. There are six two-story cabanas, which can occupy at least a dozen people each, a jacuzzi with submerged bar stores adjacent to the bar itself, changing rooms and lockers, a sky deck with an unobstructed view of the city and comfortable sunbeds all around. Seashells or water pipes are also available. Overlooking the whole area on a platform built above the pool's edge is a disc jockey. The guys behind the large cocktail bar show off their skills by making fancy drinks and by tossing bottles and glasses into the air and somehow manage to actually concoct something without any breakages. Watching them do these tricks is almost as fun as sipping the drink. Then I arrive at the bar and ask for a draft beer which for that moment in time becomes a boring part of the bartender's day, I guess. Since I have a habit of enjoying a nightcap before I go to bed, usually at the hotel when I'm sleeping, my plan was to walk around town and enjoy whatever the evening had to offer and pay a trip to the rooftop bar as my final stop for the night. As the beach club, or pool club as they call it, is pretty extravagant, there is an admission charge of 500 pesos for men, uh, but in my case, it was free because I was actually staying there. There is no charge for females, by the way. The sign at the entrance states for men, PHP, which is a Filipino currency, 500 pesos is fully consumable, which means in a complicated way that it is not refundable. Well, it was about 8 p.m. and I'd just woken from a 30-minute power nap. So I had a cup of tea and a shower and I was ready for a walk downtown. It was dark. The neon lights were flashing and outside clubs and bars were dancing girls while the streets were starting to fill up with people. I walked past the hotel I stayed in the last time I was in the city, the Amsterdam Hotel, and everything looked exactly the same. Very boring in comparison to where I was now. I looked for the Treasure Island bar that was managed by a retired U.S. Air Force man who I kept in contact with for a while, but both he and the bar were no longer in existence. The last time I communicated with him, he wanted to know if I was interested in buying his bar from him. Well, it wasn't well located because it was down a side street from the famous Fields Avenue, just a little bit too far to justify anyone taking a walk out of their way. I gave him a politely thanks but no thanks and moved on. Part of Fields Avenue at night is cordoned off from the vehicles because of a large number of people walking around, not looking where they're going as their eyes are fixated on many other distractions. So it's blocked off at each end of the street. 
For some reason, at the point where the barriers were placed to block vehicles, it seemed to be a hangout for ladyboys, handing out business cards advertising private massages in people's hotel rooms, or any hotel for that matter, where short-time accommodation was available. (laughs) Freelance prostitution is alive and well in the community, and I was approached several times by young females looking to make a few pesos. Just a shake of the head and keep on walking. That's exactly what I did. As there are so many bars along Fields Avenue, it's difficult to make a choice of where to go. However, I will be honest about this. I did actually enter about six of the go-go bars, but before passing judgment on me, I would like to add that I really did not become a valid customer, but rather peeked my head inside the front door, because it's what the door staff outside the club invite you to do. Take a look inside, they said. So I did. Each one had a theme, maybe representing the name of the club, but the format is basically the same in each. There are seats for customers, which are always occupied by men, and groups of Filipino dancers, which are always female, wearing similar or if not the same outfits, shuffling their feet to some music. Eventually, my discipline let me down, and I officially entered one of these establishments, took a seat, and ordered a San Miguel beer. It was sort of hot and humid outside, so I needed to cool off for a while. Yeah, lame excuse, I know, but I can say with some confidence you would have done the same thing in the same position. Just call it curiosity. I believe the club I entered was called Lantis. can't exactly remember. I sat away from the dance floor as to not feel intimidated or pressured and became educated about the club scene in the city. There were about 10 girls dancing at the time, each with a double-digit number attached. The average age, I guess, would be about 25, with a maximum age of maybe 35. But that's my opinion on someone who knows little about Filipino girls' age when they become unclubworthy. The music, although mostly irrelevant, was techno-pop. About half of the dancers were somewhat enthusiastic about dancing, while the others just looked bored. After two songs, the dancers rotated. Where some left the stage, the remainder moved on to where they were and new ones appeared. A sort of shift change, if you wish. There was about 20 male clients when I was there, some with girls on their laps canoodling, some just chatting and some just sitting, watching and minding their own business like me. I stayed long enough to become educated about the system, which I believe is the norm around town in these clubs. As previously mentioned, The girls just dance and rotate, but occasionally, as a group, they'll put on a rehearsed dance show, which is a little bit more elaborate than the standard one-step-forward, one-step-backward routine. It may be a traditional Filipino dance to a song or a piece of music by a famous artist of the country. The idea is for the men to buy drinks, and hopefully for a dancer also, if anyone is feeling a little generous, they are welcome to buy one for every girl on the stage at which time the mammoth sound will ring a bell and everyone will cheer. This actually happened when I was there, and on one occasion, a Japanese man from the upstairs balcony threw a bunch of money onto the dance floor, which created a scene somewhat like throwing food on the beach with 20 seagulls close by. And I don't mean that in a derogatory term, by the way. Uh, These actually girls uh, are very thankful for the money they are given by the customers. As far as salary, I'm not sure what the dancers are paid, but I assume it is very little. Extra money can be earned by coercing men to buy drinks of which they receive a commission. 
Of course, there are the generous types like the Japanese man I just mentioned. I believe that to be the official story, but there is a dark unofficial story. The girls wear numbers for two reasons. Firstly, a customer might want to buy number 21 a drink because she looks good or dances well, or both. Secondly, the customer may want to take number 21 out for the night, meaning away from the club and back to his hotel room. A bar fine is imposed by the Mamasan, which could be up to about 3,000 pesos. If accepted by the customer, the girl will be able to quit dancing, put back on her normal street clothes and leave with the customer. There are two versions of this, short time and long time. The former may be over a time frame of a couple of hours where a long time means the girl can stay overnight with the customer at their hotel. Now, when she leaves the club, negotiations for what happens after that are between the customer and the dancer. This is how the girl can make supplemental income. How do I know this? People feel comfortable talking about it, including the girls themselves, expats, and comments made on the internet. As for me, I was just a silent observer, just looking at the events of a typical evening in Angeles City. In reality, it's another flavor of prostitution, which is the world's oldest profession that exists everywhere on the planet, some places legal, other places illegally. On the way back to my hotel, I decided to stop at a bar with the most daunting name. There were a few to choose from, however, but I chose this place called Angel Witch. How bad could it be, I thought. Angels and witches? Well, it stirred some intrigue, but when I entered, it was pretty much the same as everywhere else, except smaller. In this case, six girls tightly fit onto the stage, which left little room to dance. Most of the dancing girls in the bars are attractive because they have to be to attract the male clientele. In this case, there's one girl which was a sort of a misfit because of her age and size. Maybe it was because she was a senior staff member or that she wanted to do it because she enjoyed it. Two men sitting close by, maybe in their 60s, handed her some pesos on a couple of occasions. So whether it's because they felt sorry for her or that she was close to their age group, I just do not know. In the whole scheme of things, it doesn't matter. I chatted to one of the waitresses for a while, an attractive girl in her mid-thirties. She had three children at home, including two teenagers who were being cared for by her neighbour while she was at work. The more people I spoke to, the more I realised that underlying this dubious lifestyle of the girls who worked in the city's favourite industry was a very strong support system provided by relatives, friends and neighbours. As an example... A beauty contest winner from one of the large venues would share her monetary winnings with her roommates. Anyway, it was time for a nightcap back at the hotel and a visit to the Aqua Beach Club. Things were just moving into gear with people in the pool, the hot tub and dancing wherever there was space on the floor. Then I watched this Asian man pick up a couple of people and drop them in the pool. They were fully clothed. They didn't seem bothered by it. Probably they would have had a few drinks by then anyway. A lot of people had occupied a few of the cabanas and were working on bottles of champagne, vodka and scotch. The music was in full flow. The bartenders were showing off their juggling skills and a couple of girls danced seductively on raised stages to add to the party atmosphere. This was placed to be seen in Angeles City, but only if you had the money. 
It wasn't even a weekend, and based on what I saw, it must be pretty wild on a Friday and Saturday night. Maybe it doesn't matter. I was the only solo person in the club, as everyone else were in groups. That didn't bother me, so I just talked with the bar staff and enjoyed people watching. The fact that everyone was younger than me by at least 10 years influenced my decision to finish my drink and get some sleep. I had seen enough to know that by the time the club closed at 2am, there were going to be a lot of drunk and wet people. It was pure indulgence for the party people, but that's exactly what the Aqua Beach Club was designed for. In the morning, a car was reserved for me at 3pm in the afternoon, so I had time the next morning to eat a nice breakfast and relax, although the noon checkout time meant that I had three hours to find some way to occupy myself. The hotel was very accommodating. They could not extend my checkout time because the hotel was going to be fully booked and to have the room cleaned. However, they offered me a temporary guest room at no charge, which is basically like a regular one, but just half the size. During the late morning, I actually found what was called the best spa in town and for two hours enjoyed total relaxation, completely opposite of what I was doing 12 hours earlier. Now, there are, of course, massage parlors that do not focus on health, but they tend to be located in one particular street as if the authorities planned it that way. Thanks to the hotel, I was able to rest in my temporary room before the time-consuming drive to Manila. The Angeles Beach Club, in my opinion, lived up to its hype. An extraordinary hotel that offers, yeah, over-the-top entertainment and accommodation. Personally, I've never stayed at a hotel like it before, and likely will not for the rest of my days. Oh, and by chance, if I get the urge to return to Angeles City, I will have to send myself to counselling. You only live once, they say, and that's exactly what Mae West did, remember her? You only live once, but if you do it well enough, once is enough. Goodbye, Angeles City. Interestingly enough, I did bump into some American expats. Now, these gentlemen had been there for quite some time. They actually lived there. The reason they lived there is because they knew the place well because they were part of the American Air Force and they were previously stationed at Clark Air Force Base. And they liked it so much that when they returned to the United States, they probably, or at least a couple of them told me, they didn't like what they saw. So they headed back over to the Philippines and went back to live in Angeles City, for whatever reason. It's not the city I would want to live in, but it's something they felt comfortable with. So, who was I to argue? And they're happy as could be, which is all that matters in life today. So, whatever grabs your fancy, just do it. Anyway, I was heading back to Manila, and that trip down to the airport was pretty chaotic with regards to the traffic. I made it safely and was on to my next destination. I took a flight out of Manila International Airport at 1 a.m. in the morning. Anyway, that's the end of this little talk about one of my experiences in Angeles City in the Philippines. No, I'm not going to go there again. No, definitely not. Anyway, thanks for joining me today. You can catch me on my website at malcolmjtsdale.com. Also, this episode, as others are, appear of the usual suspects, Pandora, iTunes, Spotify, 
Stitcher, etc. So if you want to go to these websites, you can do that. Just search on the Travel Addict or Malcolm Teasdale, or they're actually set up on my website, which you click the link and you'll be taken there also. Thanks again for joining me. We'll be speaking soon. Bye for now. (laughs) 